Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. The Madison Metropolitan Sewage District offers a unique service for farmers as it cleans water from around the region. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. MetroGrow is the product. It's a fertilizer. It's a treated solid that contains nutrients, which make it a valuable fertilizer. Kim Meyer is the Watershed Program Coordinator at MMSD. She tells us about MetroGrow, but first shares the scale of what MMSD collects. Well, we collect from about 380,000 residents in the area, which includes those that are attached through the pipe as well as through septage receiving, which we have here at the treatment plant. Yeah, so we collect from Dane to Forest, Wanakee, Monona, uh, Cottage Grove, McFarland, some in the town of Dunn, Fitchburg, Verona, City of Madison, Middleton. Yeah, the majority of the material comes through the pipes. Each municipality has their own set of sewer lines which connect to our interceptor lines that bring it here to the treatment plant. And we also have a septage receiving facility at the plant where septage haulers can come and uh, bring material. On average, we estimate that we get about 12,000 rural residential septic tanks brought here to the treatment plant each year. And in this area, sewage is different from storm water. Yeah, here we have, um, we're fortunate to have separate storm sewer and, and sanitary sewer. So when it rains, water that falls on the streets goes through the storm sewer to the lakes and streams. We're, we take material that's connected through pipes, through connected to people's homes and businesses that come here to the treatment plant. And so it can be laundry, washing your dishes, taking a shower, using the toilet, all those things come through your sewer line. And once it gets here, it goes through quite the process in order to get it to the quality it needs to be to go back out to the streams. Amanda Wagner is the communications manager for the Madison Metropolitan Sewage District. She explains that process for us. Uh, so when wastewater leaves a person's home, it travels through a series of smaller pipes into the district's bigger pipes, which are called interceptors, and then they eventually keep aggregating into these even bigger pipes um, to, before they come in, uh, they're called force mains here into the district. So they come into our headworks building where they run through a series of screens and whatnot to take out some of the um, inorganic matter that people might put down the toilet or drain, which we certainly don't want people to do. Um, and then it goes through, so once it goes through the screens and gets like plastics and wipes and things you shouldn't flush out, then it goes through a primary treatment. And we use biological treatment here at the plant. So it basically mimics nature. Um, but we just speed it up. So we've got these beneficial bugs in the water that start to eat the organics and some of the more solid organic waste falls away um, and that gets um, scraped out. And then it goes through a secondary process to our clarifiers where it's just kind of that final process of cleaning. And then depending on the time of the year, there's one additional process, um, disinfection. Uh, so during like high season when people might be out kayaking um, or swimming, we want to make sure that we get all the bacteria and, and stuff out so we can in fact send clean, swimmable, fishable river water back into our creeks. I want to talk about the no-nos of, of what goes in our water, what people shouldn't be putting in their water. Are there illegal substances in the water? Are there metals in the water that, that's hard to get out? 
Yeah, so in terms of like physical stuff, we we cert- we say we only want people to flush the three P's. So pee, poo, and toilet paper. Um, so plastics, um, we certainly incur- don't want people to be dumping like cleaning products down the drain. Um, fat soils and grease, so when you cook bacon or something on a Sunday morning, put it in the garbage, don't put it down the drain. Um, really, those three P's are the only things that we want going down the drain or the toilet. We do um, have a pretreatment um, coordinator here at the district. So we do take from businesses. And so some of those with more industrial strength waste, they have to be permitted and they can't necessarily put everything into the sanitary system. So we do have programs and um, policies by, that keep some of um, that, that keep the, the more dangerous and toxic things out of the waste stream, at least from a business perspective. So we've got a couple different avenues in terms of the household waste, only the three Ps, and then the permitting program through pretreatment for businesses. Let's talk about the byproducts of the water you treat. Fertilizers, capturing the nutrients from our wastewater and creating a valuable agricultural product. Kim, can you give us the rundown on Metro Grow? Yeah, so really everything that people consume, we don't all keep it in our bodies. So it comes through the wastewater to the sewage treatment plant. Um, we recover a couple different resources, but the main one that uh, would be a fertilizer source would be the Metro Grow product, which we, is a liquid material. It's about 5% solid. We apply that on farm fields throughout the Dane County area. We also go up into Columbia, down to Rock County. Um, wherever farmers are interested in receiving Metro Grow for their crops. This isn't human poo that you're spraying on fields. That's not how it works. Yeah, so as Amanda had mentioned, the process to to treat the material that comes here, there's a lot of microbes that are involved with that. Those microbes, as they go through the process, they consume that poo that you mentioned, and the biosolids are actually the dead microbes that have dealt had been through this whole process. So that material is goes through separation, it's digested, we recover methane from it, and then we dewater it and we store it in our tanks here. We have three six million gallon storage tanks. And that material then, we have a pretty, pretty in-depth review process for fields because the DNR has some regulation that we need to follow. So we've got an agronomist on staff that does field inspections prior to any application and the DNR oversees much of the work that we do to ensure that we're protecting the environment. You mentioned digester. That's a term that we're familiar with at the Midwest Farm Report. Thinking about manure digesters, your digesters are very similar and that you can also create power from methane? Yeah, um, right now that the methane that we capture, some of that is used to power things here at the treatment plant. Um, but there actually was a recent energy study that was done and they're exploring how they can better use that methane and um, improve our energy savings here at the treatment plant. You mentioned having to work with the DNR in order to determine where you're going to uh, apply Metro Grow. What are some of those considerations that you have to take? Yeah, some of the things that we need to be aware of is locations of wells. We need to stay away from those. Um, We check all the fields for separation to bedrock. Uh, We check for elevated high water table. Those are things that we want to avoid. Um, We also look at the soil types to ensure that the soils can hold the material that we're applying and keep it there for the crop that's going to be planted. This is completely free to the farmer, too. What's the reason for, for doing it if there's no financial gain to be made? 
Yeah, so the district really prioritizes resource recovery. Uh, MetroGrow is one of those pro- products that we recover, and we want to be able to give it back uh, to the com- back into the community. And if we didn't do that, we would have to pay to get rid of it. So this is an amazing resource for farmers and landowners to be able to apply. We work closely in partnership with them, um, and it helps them in the long run by offsetting costs that they might have to incur by purchasing fertilizers or other inputs. Um, And it helps us by reducing the cost of of getting rid of it, because otherwise we'd have to find other means, whether that's incineration or sending it to the landfill or something like that. And there's definitely an environmental component to this as well. Why don't you tell me about that environmental sustainability piece in this? Yeah, really, um, the material MetroGrow has phosphorus in it, and phosphorus is a finite nutrient. We all need that to grow plants. We all need that for our own um, food. So by collecting it here at the treatment plant, putting it back to farm fields, or returning it to that cycle. So it can be reused to grow crops to, to feed society. And MMSD needs drivers to haul MetroGrow and apply it. What is the labor situation right now? Yeah, the MetroGrow program has 17 trailers that are pulled by contract truckers. And they have about four sites that go at one time, so they need four equipment operators to run the applicators that we own. Um, just like any other industry we've had issues getting enough people to run the equipment Um, the equipment that we have is specialized Um, there's a lot of hours that are put in in a day just like a farmer where they're working long hours during the spring and in the fall to get the job done so it has been difficult um, just like everybody else trying to find workers when will your season start Uh, is it coming up here like april yeah, basically when the farmers start doing any f- sort of field tillage, that's when the MetroGrow will start leaving the treatment plant and going to farm fields. So we're hoping right away in, in April, April 1st, April 5th, somewhere in there. And you'll be able to see them on the belt line. If you're a Madison resident listening to this, and you, you'll be able to see these trucks moving. Now you can kind of make that connection. Over um, 5,000 truckloads leave the treatment plant every single year, and every single load leaves via the belt line. Wow. And how many, how much... Uh, can each haul? Yeah, um, some of the smaller trailers are about 5,000 gallons. The larger one, 5,700, 5,800 gallons. The applicators in the field, we've got a few older ones still in service that are 4,000 to 5,000 gallons, but the newer ones, um, those hold 6,700 gallons. Last year, they hauled 40 million gallons of biosolids to farm fields. Is that number only going up? At, I mean, are you guys seeing demand where every year you think you'll be hauling more? We've been around the 36 to 38 million. Last year was the first time in a long time they've hit 40 million gallons. Yeah, one of the factors that um, affects how much material leaves the treatment plant each year is field availability. And summertime is the time of year where we have more time available to get the material out. So if we have a lot of farmers that have wheat or canning crops, those fields open up in that summertime time frame, which allows more time to be able to get material out, which then they can increase the amount that leaves the plant. And obviously you have a limit too, um, because only so much comes through here and is stored here. So that plays a role as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. We have about six months of storage here at the treatment plant. So having that summer availability really helps out so we don't have quite the same rush in the fall. Just like all the farmers are working like crazy to get the crops off, we're working to try to get that material to the field. So having those summer gallons leave the plant really helps with that. 
I want to get into the Ahara Winds program now. For those who don't know what that is, can you give us a brief explanation? The treatment process here at the treatment plant, we take about the raw material that comes in is about six milligrams per liter in phosphorus. Through our process, we can get it down to between 0.2 to 0.4 milligrams per liter. Our regulation at the treatment plant is we need to be down to 0.075 based on what the DNR um, requirement is. And to, to get there, we would have to do some pretty significant infrastructure investments to do that here at the treatment plant. What Yahara wins is, is they take Basically, it's the treatment plant along with a number of municipalities that also have regulation that they need to meet. We pool our funds and we send that those funds to partners who can help us reduce phosphorus throughout the entire watershed. So funds that we send to groups like Yahar Pride Farm, Dane County, Rock County, Columbia County Land Conservation Office, they work with farmers. Those farmers do or make improvements in conservation. So they, if they increase the amount of acres that they plant for cover crops or they change to maybe no-till um, practices or they manage their manure differently, whatever they're doing to reduce phosphorus. So if they reduce soil loss, they reduce phosphorus. That improves their farm. It improves their community, their stream. And ultimately what the goal is is that the water leaving those areas leaving the watershed is down to that 0.075. So it's not a trade, but it's a, it's a community-wide, watershed-wide effort to improve water quality, not only at our, where our effluent is released, but throughout the entire watershed for everybody to enjoy. Where does the money come from, and, and how much is available? Well, the money comes from, um, so there's municipalities, pretty much all municipalities that we're connected to here at the treatment plant, as well as some of the townships. There's a couple other wastewater treatment plants. Oregon and Stoughton have wastewater treatment plants. Um, but basically we're paying for pounds to be reduced. And then that money is paid to our partners. Um, we've got partners, we work with USGS for water quality monitoring, but we have those partners that work directly with farmers to reduce phosphorus out on the landscape. Money available is dependent on the partner. So we, we fund these partners and they use money differently depending on their other resources. Um, so Yahara Pride Farms is one where farmers can work directly with them to receive cost share funds for things like cover crops and um, composting of manure and other practices. Dane County Land Conservation and other c conservation offices, they have funds available through like federal programs and county programs and we help fund some of their staffing to provide technical assistance to farmers. If you are a farmer interested in taking advantage of this program, what requirements are needed for participation other than a, a conservation goal? Yeah, it's basically just if you're interested in taking your farm to the next level. You know, whatever you're doing is probably working just fine, but if you want to take it further to further reduce soil loss, further reduce phosphorus loss from your field, um, that would allow you to participate in programs that are available through farmer-led groups such as your Heart Pride Farm. Do you have success stories to share? Maybe a couple of examples of where this money took a farm. Um, I think one of the things, if you take a drive north of um, Madison, especially like in the Wanakee area where there's a lot of dairy up there, there's a lot of corn silage harvested. So traditionally there was a lot of open soil late September. Um, many of those farmers have decided to 
implement cover crops. So they've planted cover crops in September, and then a lot of the manure that's applied, a lot of it is applied through low disturbance manure injection. So instead of most of the manure being surface applied, a lot of it is injected right through those cover crops. So it's protecting protecting the soil, it's keeping uh, green cover on the, on the field for a longer period of time, and it's really benefiting our community. Um, as far as soil loss and phosphorus loss, improving water quality. And we have a goal of 95,000 pounds over the course of a 20-year program. So we started in 2017, and the Yarra Winds is slated to continue at least through 2036. Thanks to our partner farmers, we've reduced 62,000 pounds of phosphorus from leaving farm fields and getting to surface water. So big reduction so far, and we, can, we hope to, that momentum continues. That's Kim Meyer along with us, the Watershed Program Coordinator at Madison Metropolitan Sewage District. During the interview, we also heard from Amanda Wagner, the Communications Manager for MMSD. If you'd like more information about the Yaharo Winds Program, you can visit yaharowinds.org. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Food, water, shelter, and nesting are all vital to attracting birds to your backyard. Multiple food sources are also helpful. Shop a wide variety of feeders, waterers, and bird food at Blaine's Farm and Fleet to keep your feathered friends happy and healthy all year long.